O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. All the earth will sing Your praises. And now, Lord, having sung about the beauty of the Gospel and the empty tomb, we turn our attention to Your Holy Word. God, would You speak in spite of me? Lord, I am imperfect. I am fallible in more ways than I can even keep up with. I know that I am unworthy. I know that I am unable. But by the sacrifice of Jesus, our Christ, Lord, You are my Christ, my Savior. It is by Your blood that our sins are atoned for and You give us the ability by Your Holy Spirit to sing, to preach, to teach. So Lord, would You move? Would You speak to all of us this morning by the power of Your Spirit to convict us where we have failed You? To challenge us to live for You? To encourage us where we have been discouraged? To comfort us where we are hurting? Father, we love You. We ask that You move and add Your richest blessing to the reading, to the teaching, to the proclamation of Your Holy Word. We ask these things as humbly as we know how. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our risen Messiah, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to You, God, our Father in Heaven. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I encourage you to take it and turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. If you don't have a copy of God's Word with you this morning, I encourage you to borrow one from the back of the pew that's right there in front of you. Excuse me. If you don't own a copy of God's Word, I encourage you, please take one of the copies from the back of the pew in front of you and keep it as your own, as our gift to you. We have more. We will purchase more if necessary. It will be an honor for you to take a Bible home with you if you need one. You can also follow along on the screen or your phone or tablet or however you might be accessing the Word of the Lord. Whichever way you are accessing the sacred text, I would ask, if you're physically able, would you please stand out of reverence? to the public reading of God's holy word. I will read John chapter 14, verses 1 through 21 for us. When I have completed, I'll say this is the word of the Lord. I encourage you all to respond with a hearty room filled. Thanks be to God. Let's look together now. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. But Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, 
Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the father and the father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I Live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We come to this passage this Easter morning, and I want to talk a little bit more about something that we spoke about last week. We were wrapping up a series in Galatians, and we were talking about deception. We were talking about what it is to be deceived. And in Galatians chapter 6, there's several encouragements not to be deceived. And I don't know about you guys, but I always find it entertaining whenever you can still find a late night host who has a magician on the show. And if you've ever been to some sort of illusionist's show, you know that if they call you up on stage, everything they tell you is a lie. And you know that everything they tell you is a lie because they prove it with every trick and illusion that they do. Oh, there's nothing inside this hat. Yes, there's a trap door. There's a rabbit. It's under the hat. You just lied to me. So then they lie once and then your belief goes down in that magician. And by the time the magician gets to the show with the talk show hosts, they are stammering and fumbling all over themselves because they don't want to believe that illusionist. That illusionist has proven through his track record he is not or she is not to be believed. Their actions followed up that they can deceive you and trick you into looking silly or being humiliated in some way. But see, the reverse is also true. Have you ever had a friend that showed up to help you move? And you were really in a tight spot. And that friend really didn't have the time to be there for you. But the friend showed up. And you know that you can trust that friend. If you call on that friend, there's a proven track record that you can trust that friend. Well, Easter Sunday, we had a friend who did a lot more than help us to move. 
because of what Jesus does on Resurrection Sunday, it makes what he said throughout all the Gospels much more trustworthy. We talked about this morning at the sunrise service that there are three different times in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus predicts his death and burial and resurrection on the way into Jerusalem. And honestly, why would we believe somebody who makes such a wild and outlandish claim? Well, we believe it because of what happens, because he lives up to what he said. And so when we go back and look through the things that Jesus taught us in light of the fact that he promised he would die and he promised that he would be raised from the dead, and then he did, it brings new light and new validity to everything that Jesus says and teaches us, right? So when we see in verse 1, don't let your hearts be troubled, then there's an imperative command. It's not just a statement. It is a command. In the Greek, it is an imperative. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Why do you follow the commands of somebody that you cannot trust? Now, maybe you're a little too old for this movie, but I rather enjoy the Marvel Avengers movies. All right. I was at a place in my life that when the first Avengers movie came out, it was the coolest thing since sliced bread. I thought it was better than Star Wars. I know I just blasphemed for some of you. I get it. okay? but I'm telling you, I loved these movies. And there's one scene in particular where all these crazy space monsters are coming out of some weird portal in the sky and Captain America jumps up. On top of a car. And he says, I'm going to need a perimeter to the 39th block of this. I want some guys up in that window. I want you to do that. And that cop goes, who are you and your nice star spangly outfit? Why should we listen to you? And at that very moment, all these aliens pounce on all those guys. And Captain America takes his shield and beats the snot out of every one of them. And they're all dead. And then that guy who's a police officer goes, I'm going to need a barrier to the 39th block. I'm going to need guys up in that window. All of a sudden, Captain America has proven that he's somebody that ought to be listened to. I'll follow his commands because of what he's proven. And so when we come to chapter 14, verse 1, we have commands that may not carry a lot of weight if Jesus just died. It was nice that he died for us. But he said he would come back from the dead. If he didn't come back from the dead, why would we listen to him? But he did. And he says, believe in God. Believe also in me. Listen, I I know it's Easter Sunday. I know this is the Sunday where everybody comes to church, even if you don't normally come to church. And so I just have to ask right here on the front end of this sermon, do you believe in God? You have to answer for yourself. I can't answer for you. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And if you ask, well, preacher, I don't understand why I have to believe in God. I don't understand why I can't just maybe believe in God, but not Jesus in particular. We have to believe in God. We have to believe in Jesus Christ, his one and only son, because Jesus said, believe in me. It's a command. And he did what was necessary to prove it's worth following his commands. And so this morning, just as plainly, as flatly as I can ask you, Can you be honest with yourself and answer and say, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe in Jesus, the Christ. 
Can you say that your life reflects that belief? Can you say that you live in such a manner as people would know that you believe just by looking at the way that you live? That's what we were talking about in Galatians chapter 5. That there is fruit that is born out of the life of a Christian who believes in God. That those who believe in God and believe in Jesus will be loving and patient and peaceful and kind and good and faithful and gentle and joyful and self-controlled. Do people look at you and tell that you believe in God, that you're following this command to believe in Jesus because of the way that you live? Do you and I live in such a way that we trust that Jesus died, that we trust that he was raised from the dead, that we trust that he's coming back? You see, John chapter 14 is is a chapter that is well known for being used at funerals, right? If you've been to a funeral where a a Christian preacher worth his salt has stood up, he's probably gone at some point in time to John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus does not want you to grieve over this one that you have lost. And church, if you've been around the last several weeks, there have been a lot of people that we have lost. There have been a lot of caskets sitting here where our offertory table is now. There have been a lot of families who've lost loved ones. There's a lot of you, my very dear friends, who are walking through Easter, maybe even for the first time or second, possibly third, without somebody who made Easter so special for you. And to you, I am so sorry. And I, I want you to know you are loved. And God cares about you. And just because we say this at funerals makes it no less true. Let not your heart be troubled. Instead of letting your heart be troubled, believe in God. Believe also in Jesus. And then we move into in the Father's house. There's many rooms. There's many mansions. If it weren't that way, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? If Jesus hasn't deceived us in any other way, why would we think that he's deceiving us in the statement that there is a place for us, a mansion in glory for those who believe? He even asks the question, if that weren't the case, Why would I have said it to you? I've never lied to you or deceived you in any other way. And coming up, you're going to know just how honest I've been, says Jesus. I would not have told you this if it were not true. I am going to prepare a place for you. And then Jesus says, if I go and prepare, then I will come back and I'll take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Folks, because he lives, there is hope that he will come back and get us. That when we die, we will be with him. That there is no pass go, there is no purgatory, there is no question, there is no delay. That we die in the Lord and are immediately in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We breathe out our last breath here on earth. We breathe in our first breath of heavenly air in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not a fairy tale, not a deception, not a lie from a preacher. It is God's word. And he proved that he was worth trusting because he said, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back. Then he did. And I just take it for myself that when somebody goes to the trouble of dying and coming back from the dead, I find it. To believe them is the natural response. Even Jesus' brother James, who opposed Jesus' his whole ministry. What changed for James? Well, his brother died and then came back to life. When somebody plays the resurrection of the dead card, you kind of change your mind on how you viewed what they said. Folks, 
He died. He said he'd die. He was raised. He said he would be raised. He said there's a place for those who believe in him. And that gives us a hope that will not be touched by this world. Even when people that we love leave us, even when people that we love die, even when there's not enough money in the bank to make the ends meet, we serve a God who says, I will be with you. I will not leave you. He says, after I go in these later verses, he says, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you somebody that will be with you till the end of eternity. It is the Holy Spirit so that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what happens, because I live and you believe you've got the Holy Spirit and you will live. You will live. Folks. Some of us walking around like we think that's a lie. Some of us walking around like we've been deceived. And we know it's culturally appropriate. We know it's acceptable. Our wives, our parents, our husbands have said, well, it's Easter. So you probably ought to come to church at least once because it's Easter. And so all of us come to church together on Easter. But I wonder how many of us live day in and day out knowing that there's hope. Because Jesus died. And there's even more hope because He lives. And He says, because I live, you will live. He doesn't say, because I live, you'll get by. He doesn't say, because I live, you'll barely make it. He doesn't say that because I live, you'll survive. He says, because I live, you will live. Later in the Gospel of John, or earlier in the Gospel of John, he says that he came that you might have life, that I might have life and have it abundant and full. Folks, we serve a God that raised, was raised from the dead. Has there ever been more of a hopeless situation than dead and gone in the grave? But up from the ashes, beauty arose. And I just, I love that song, right? Our God, He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. You know how I know? Because He made a way. Because He performed a miracle. Because He kept a promise. Because when the world was dark, the light came into the world. The world was dark and chose the darkness, and yet the light stepped down into the darkness. And He is the light in the darkness. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God in such a way that you trust Him to be a way maker for you? To be a miracle worker for you? To work a miracle in your marriage? To work a miracle in your finances? To work a miracle in your job? Do you depend upon God to make a way where there is no way? Where the sea was shut and there was death before you and death behind you. But God said, I will make a way and He made a way because He is the way maker, the miracle worker. Has He ever left you unattended? Has He ever not fulfilled a promise? Over 600 prophecies in the Old Testament that He fulfilled every single one of them. There's never been a promise that He said that He didn't keep. He's the promise keeper. And He promised that He'd be with you. He'd never forsake you. He'd be with me. He'd never give up on us. 
No matter how far we were gone, no matter what sin we've committed, no matter how ugly we've been, no matter what's going on in our life, that He will make a way, that He will perform a miracle, that He will keep His promise, and that even when life seems as dark as it can possibly be, and you can't even see your hand in front of your own face, that there is a light in the darkness. Do you believe that this is our God? I'm going to ask again. Do you believe this is our God? Tell me about it. Do you believe that this is our God? Is God a miracle worker for you? Say amen. Has God made a way for you? Say amen. Has God been your light in the darkness? Tell me. Say amen. Folks, I was in a darkness and I needed a light. Folks, God's never left me hanging. He's never failed me on a promise. And he promised because he lives, I will live. And that changes who I am and how I live and what I do and how I respond. And I live this life imperfectly. And there's so many ways that I fail and that I'm miserable in so many areas. But I have a God who said that even though you're a total mess up, Nathan, I'm going to shine a light in the darkness for you. Even though your situation seems hopeless, I'm going to bring hope. God, how do I know? How do I know you're going to give me hope? How do I know you're going to help me through this? Because I live, Nathan, you'll live. Because I live, Matt, you'll live. Because I live, says Jesus, if you believe in God, if you believe in Him, you will live. Because He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. The light in the darkness. That is who He is. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And He said there is no one that makes it to the presence of the Father except through Him. And He says, believe in God. Believe also in Me. Will you believe in God today? Will you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you live in such a way that you acknowledge He is the only way? He is the only truth. He is the only life. And He loves you. And He wants you to live. He wants me to live. And He proved it because He was raised from the dead. And He said, because I live, you can live. So this morning, are you alive? Are you living? Will you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Will you trust Him? Will you follow Him? If you need a miracle, He's there. He won't fail you. Believe in God. Believe also. In Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. There was no way. There was no way, but you made a way. We were too far gone, but you reached us anyway. And you tell us simply with a straightforward command, believe in me. Oh, and Father, how often do I live like I don't believe in you? 
Even in that passage this morning, he said, if we love you, we'll keep your commandments. Father, we all fail miserably at keeping your commandments. And in spite of all of that, you still offer your sacrifice. You say, if we will believe, then we will live because you live. Lord, this morning we ask that you would show up in power and be our miracle worker, our way maker, our promise keeper. Be our light in the darkness. Remind us, Lord, that because you live, we can live. Cause us, dear Spirit, to respond to your word. We love you, Father. We ask all this in Jesus' name.